podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. In each episode, we take a look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge collection of fan fiction that is dedicated to Destiel. And in this episode, we're going to take a look at some fics that feature alternative universes um, where Dean or Cass or both are members of a royal family. So to discuss her fic, King of My Heart, we would like to welcome author and queen of fluff, Trisha Sixteen. Hey, Trisha. Hello. Thank you for having me. Welcome. It's a pleasure. <laughs> um, so apart from King of My Heart, we're also going to discuss um, Of Stone and Trees, which is by Annie Ray and Queer Werewolf, and A Midsummer Night in Las Vegas by Welven Wings. And as always, links to all of the fics that we're going to be talking about today will be available in the episode post on mixtapebookclub.com and included in our collection on AO3. So before we start getting into this, we've got a couple of exciting announcements to make today. Uh, in a few weeks' time, on the 12th of March, um, we are all going to be part of the uh, More Profound Bond online con. So this is going to be totally online and free free registration. And there's a number of panels going to be happening. It's all going to be through Zoom, including talking about canon fix and AU fix and artists are going to be involved. So mark the calendar March 12th and um, more information will be coming out about this very soon. The website that's got all the information is um, amoreprofoundcon.org and that has some more information about what's happening on the day. So we're going to go for about four or five hours for this one. Please come along and listen and... um, it's going to be loads of fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Yes, I'm Trisha and Mel, we're going to be talking about alternative universe fix. So. Yes. yes. Let's go on to royalty fix. Yeah. Royalty AUs are, are a funny thing. We, we've just realized as we've been looking through the list of them on um, AO3 that a, a proportion, a large proportion of them um, involve arranged marriages. Which is a great trope in itself, in itself, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, have, have we done that one yet? I'm trying to remember. Have we done arranged marriages? I don't know. We've done we've done like fake relationship type things where yeah, yes, uh, but, but not, not the other way where they're forced yes. to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but there are a lot of them within this trope. Huge amount of crossover here. But there are also uh, varieties like where one of them is a guard in, in like they all seem to be a lot of them seem to be involving fantasy um worlds as well yep yes there are uh, some modern ones one of the ones we have is a uh modern one today there are yep. some modern ones um there's quite a large crossover with um abo that i noticed oh yeah um not all of them though there's, there's quite a lot of fantasy worlds which use abo um, but also just quite a lot of kind of plain, ordinary kind of, what would you call it? Not necessarily high fantasy, but what we think of as fantasy without any baby O built into it. Yep. So there is quite a lot of uh, variety out there for these, actually. There's even, for the weirdos like me, there's actually quite a few of these for some reason where Cass is a dragon. I don't know why. Yes! <laughs> but <laughs> there seems to be a very large number of them where Cass is a dragon. So, I did not know that. Yeah, sometimes so ones where, you know, he is royalty that has been turned into a dragon, or sometimes just that Dean is is going to slay him. <laughs> 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 uh, 
which is it's, it's interesting the way the fandom's mind works sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm very I'm fascinated with the dragon fix in general, but especially the ones where it's like a more like a slightly kind of human version of a dragon where they have like a human form or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll definitely talk about one of those later because there is one of those that is a very good um, arranged marriage slash dragon slash everything else story. <laughs> so, slash slash for sure. So. It's definitely slash. Okay. <laughs> um, we might, while we're discussing these fix, we may um, talk about spoilers. So just... We'll, we'll warn before we say spoilers, but I think some of these stories we can't really talk about without spoiling things. So just um, go and read them and then come back and hear us talk about it. Maybe. <laughs> Don't read them and come back. Because yeah. we will, we'll and then try you to won't have to worry spoilers. about the spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, shall we go get right into King of My Heart then? Yes, let's do it. Okay. I'm ready. Hey, okay. So King of My Heart, um, Trisha, you posted this one during 2020. Um, yes. Right back in the start of pandemic times. <laughs> it was. Um, and so this is 127,000 words and it is rated explicit. Um, would you be willing to read the summary for us? Sure. Um, I was <laughs> reading over it when you said that I might be doing this early and I realized there's a really long sentence in here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, so the summary is... <laughs> When a fresh out-of-the-closet Prince Dean is forced into an arranged marriage with the Princess of the Land of the Angels, he's sure he's just signed away any and all hope of ever experiencing true love. But one knock on the castle door changes everything, and when, with the king and the queen out of the kingdom and unable to interfere, Dean finds himself falling so hard and so fast for the first time in his life that he forgets to worry about the imminent return of his parents and what that might mean for him. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like a bit of a, a like a, a lockdown project. Like you, you started early. Can you tell us about how this fit came to be? Um, I remember I found a prompt. It was um just like, I think it was like a prompt generator, and like you click until it goes. And uh, until it like fills in all the blanks, and it got me um, an arranged marriage, but same gender, I think was the original prompt. And I was like, how would we make that work? And that's where the idea came from. And um, I didn't write it in lockdown. Uh, I never missed any work. So I work full time and I never missed a day of work the whole time. But I saw a lot of people in the fandom who were going through hard times and that everything seemed to be really bleak. And so that's why I decided to post something completely angst free, as fluffy as we can get and just a easy comfortable read for everybody so that they could have at least one thing to look forward to that wasn't going to bum them out it is it does end up being very fluffy thank you it's a gorgeous oh it's story. very fluffy <laughs> <laughs> the only it is lovely is, because is very external sorry Mal. yeah that's what i like about it that there is almost all the way through this kind of tension that you never quite know what's going to happen when mm-hmm. the king and the queen return and it turns out there are whole other issues that they could not have anticipated at the beginning. Right. Um, but there's never any Dean Cass angst after like, nope. th- there's maybe like a couple of paragraphs where 
there's some potential upset maybe i wouldn't even call it angst um yeah and i wouldn't call it angst either <laughs> it's just de- it's just dean deaning there's yeah there's a discussion a little bit of jealousy <laughs> yeah a discussion for like yeah. a couple of paragraphs yeah. and that's it um yeah so yeah it's, it's it was it's... interesting to write this one because it like it was never a conflict between dean and cass that was driving the story like you said it's like the anticipation of what's going to happen when the king and the queen come back that's really driving it so that was that was different yeah. a different way for me to write I actually really enjoy that. Those are my favorite types of fix because I find that you get really interesting reactions out of characters when they're reacting to um, external things, especially Dean, because he reacts to things so passionately yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and throwing him in different situations, um, you can do such interesting things with him. And whether or not that is to do with his relationship with Cass or not, it, it's going to yeah. affect it in some way. Mm-hmm. Luckily in this, luckily in this one, just solid fluff, wall to wall, which was what everyone needed at the time, and it was a lovely yeah. read for mm-hmm. me recently too. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely in need of the fluff, so it was a good place. I gave it a reread, not all of it, but a pretty good skim um, before I came on here to make sure I remembered <laughs> what I was talking about. And uh, one thing that jumped out at me was I remember how much fun I had picking out their clothes. And dressing them in these fancy clothes. I was clothes going to ask about that because I noticed I was like, "There's a lot of clothing descriptions." She sounds like she's having fun, <laughs> and like, I did. you know, when when the author sounds like they're having fun, I think the reader does. So, it was a lot of fun to just picture them in all those outfits. <laughs> yes, and without. Did them. you have like um, <laughs> Pinterest boards or or websites, or did um, you just do it in your head? How did you do it? My editor and uh, beta reader, Brianna, uh, she was the one who was coming up with all the pictures. So she would find the ones that she liked and then she would send them to me and I would describe them and change little details um, whenever I needed to make it fit the characters a little bit more. Like, I always try to add some sort of uh, aspect of wings or feathers to Castiel's outfits since he was from the land of the angels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So it was it, the lot of the outfits were thanks to Brianna. She was uh, the the fashion designer for this fic. <laughs> Very nice. Well, everyone needs a Brianna for sure. It's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that um, that that the the land of the angels was sort of like a tech, more technologically advanced. Like the way you built this world in mm-hmm. is that the different kingdoms kind of had different technologies and the way they did things they ate different food and Cass was really happy yeah, to come and eat of, fresh food and yeah can you just... yeah I was kind of thinking of like the Hunger Games how like uh in that book they each have like their district and each district is responsible for one thing yeah yep um so I just kind of did that but used um elements of the supernatural tv show we all know and love yeah I thought it was really effective as well because I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say we have to talk about the chickens, right? <laughs> so, uh, I loved it, that scene at the beginning of the chicken. Yeah, so obviously Cass is coming from this place where he has not seen a chicken in person in his life ever. Yeah. <laughs> and Dean's just like, well, we have a bunch of them. Like, let's go. <laughs> and yeah, then he just goes. And Gabriel was, oh, Gabriel was also uh, head over heels with the chickens when he finally got there. I loved that he. He said, "Oh, you just you have to catch one." And Cass is like, 
how do I catch one? That would be exactly my reaction if I went to a chicken pen. Someone said, you need to catch a chicken. <laughs> I really loved how playful they were in that one. And I love that like Dean was sometimes being serious and sometimes joking. And he's being so serious the whole time that Cass couldn't tell when he was being yeah, serious and yeah. when he was joking. Uh, like the like, why is there brown and chickens and white chickens? And he said because like some hatch from the brown eggs and some hatch from the white eggs or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Like, is that true? Was that not true? Like, Cass doesn't yep. know. Cass has no idea. <laughs> it's quite in character for Dean. I think he does that a bit in the show anyway. Just you know, has a deadpan kind of humor sometimes. Yeah, and I think that like. Dean is a bit of a pain in the ass with Sam sometimes. The whole brother, like sibling relationship, where they just like poke fun at each other. Yeah. And uh, so I like I think given the opportunity, he would be more of a playful person than we got to see in the show. Yes, hundred percent. That's one of the so reasons I why I in... love AU's so much. I mean, I love Canon Fix. Always going to be my like yes. love because I love the characters, but. We just get to see those parts of them that we didn't get to see in canon in AUs. Mm -hmm. We get to give them other opportunities and chickens and all kinds of things. <laughs> I love doing the why did the chicken cross the road jokes too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice touch. So it's, it's always fun when you can uh, have a good why did the chicken cross the road joke in your back pocket. <laughs> you never know when you'll need that. <laughs> this uh, fic did have some lovely art scattered throughout it as well which had some of those nice outfits that you were talking about and i think we also get to see baby and we get to see some of the chicken scene so yes nice uh i was very lucky it was just uh one of my twitter followers l who just reached out and said like i would love to draw art for you and when i came up with an idea that was an au which is what i almost always write but not them just did regular clothes like jeans and a t-shirt kind of thing i was like this has got to be like artists all over it right like let's <laughs> really see them oh and she was fantastic she was so fast and so detailed it was i loved working working with her it was fabulous awesome because yeah this is a slightly different au for you i mean not completely off the reservation it's definitely still an au <clears throat> definitely still has all your trademark kind of fluff and everything in it but mm -hmm. I would say that most of yours are more kind of modern era, day-to-day -day kind of setting yes. stories. Do yeah. you have any others that I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head, which are kind of more fantasy settings? Or is it just this one? The, the Wings one that we talked about in the... Oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Our yeah. First expectations. Yeah. <laughs> but even that, that's yeah. not like... Oh, I, I kind of think of that as more like... What would the term it be? It is like also urban like fantasy? contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> Because Dean's a police officer in that one, right? Or he was. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. No, I have not. I don't. Uh, so this, this is the thing about me is that writing fic for me is supposed to be fun. And um, so I <laughs> tend not to choose anything to write about that I don't know a lot about. Because that would lead to me having to do a whole bunch of research. Mm -hmm. Which to me is not fun. <laughs> and so That's you will yeah. find... I, I'm I'm not gonna write anything like based in the past or anything like that because I don't know anything about different times in the past and it would cause me to do so much research. So I'm basically sticking with like what I know, like 1990 and older. <laughs> yep. See, my problem is I find the research fun, 
but then it, it, a lot less writing gets done because <laughs> yeah, you I just totally end up in like that. a research hole at 3 a.m like shit i should have gone to bed hours ago <laughs> yeah so i guess that's a bit different with fantasy too though because a lot of the time you're just making it up like it, it yeah. doesn't have to be based in any kind of truth <laughs> you can just no nope, it's like build it no yourself. one's gonna be coming along saying like why would you have electricity and no television in their kingdom? Well, because I don't want to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I said so. You yeah, can... it's not historically inaccurate. I made it up, so zip it. <laughs> you can have brown chickens coming out of brown eggs if you want to do that. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, Was true exactly. or not? We will never know. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I, do the, I, I will do that if I have to make something up by making it up so outlandishly that nobody can come back and be like that's not accurate because i made it up so <laughs> yeah great thing about fantasy yes <laughs> i make my own rules i want to get onto the spoilery bit but maybe we shouldn't do that until the after uh, like the end. yeah we should probably like save that for the last thing to talk about right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so is there anything else we want to talk about specifically before we get to the spoilery bit or are we now just on the edge of our seats wanting to talk about the spoilery thing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Um, so I think now all I can think about is the spoilery stuff. Yeah, then. sorry. No, I was, was going to ask something about John and then I'm like, oh, we have to kind of... Hmm. Okay, so if you um, if you don't haven't read this fic yet and you want to um, read it before you hear spoilers, then... Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to do in the show notes this time... Um, we've actually had a bit of feedback... Um, in the last couple of weeks that, um, you know, people are finding can sometimes find it a little hard to keep track of which fic we're talking about when, um, just because we mm. mentioned the name of it right at the start and we don't say its name again. So, um, to try and help with that, what I'm going to do is put a timestamp on each fic in the, in the notes so that, you know, uh, if you need to nice skip ahead simple. to the next fic, mm-hmm. then you can find where that timestamp is in the show notes. So, and, and we will try and mention the name of the fic at the end of when we're talking about it. So that um, if you are listening and go, oh, I really want to read this, you don't have to, you know, rewind to hear what it is. Um, hmm. Excellent. So, okay. Good thinking. Spoilers. Okay. <clears throat> spoilers for uh, King of My Heart, we should say. <laughs> yes. Um, so you've got, you've got John Winchester's A-plus parenting tag on this one. And yeah. John is a bit of an asshole at the beginning, to be honest. Like he's just like, no, you're doing this. There is no getting out of it. You're yeah. going to marry that princess, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, yes. And but but when we get to the the end, and and John and Mary and uh, and Cass's dad get to the kingdom, we find out things aren't quite the way that the princess had thought they. <laughs> yes. Um, maybe know, it's a maybe there's a reason John was acting the way he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's true so i i just, just gotta say i i had no idea that that you'd done this with this fic and um that you'd actually pulled in like this as part of the canon multiverse <laughs> so yes. you brought in chuck as um you know Cass's dad but also actual god chuck um yep yeah how, how come like was that did you always plan to do that when you started writing or did it just sort of happen as you're watching season 15 or had that happen? Um, I think I can't. I can't remember the exact moment when I decided to go that direction. I do know that I did always know that there was going to be a big reveal with who Chuck was. Um, yep. 
but I I didn't know I was gonna go multiverse right away. So I think I think when I started writing in Sam having dreams yeah, about he has, them, he has dreams about the graveyard with the like, zombies and stuff like that. I was like, Ooh. yeah. So then I did that. Tw- I think I wrote that twice. I think I did like that vision and then about all of them being squirrels. And then yeah. after I put the squirrels one in, I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be neat if like this was one of those alternate universes yeah very cool and then i just kind of uh yeah like threaded it in as i kept writing yeah so i guess the like um i'm not sure what i expected the ending to be like but but then when we got to that point i was like oh my god this is like a this is totally unexpected as i was um really surprised like pleasantly surprised i was like wow i did not expect this that was great <laughs> I did have some people when I was posting as a whip who caught on to like those tiny little foreshadowing bits about like the other universes. But I think that was the general consensus was that nobody really saw it coming, which I don't know if that's a great thing <laughs> or not, but it no, happens. So. <laughs> no, I was picking up on bits where you were kind of making reference to, you know, that Dean and Cass would find each other in every universe and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I was kind of clocking those bits going through and like the increasing frequency of them. But I was mm-hmm. wondering to myself, I was like, okay, so are they heading to something with that? Or is it just that, you know, that's basically an Easter egg of the entire show for us? <laughs> like, Right. Is it like a, yeah. Is it like a nod to the audience or is it actually leading to something? Yeah. And then it turned mm-hmm. out it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I remember so. when um, Brianna, my editor read that, and I only give her like a chapter at a time and so of course I left her on like the huge cliffhanger of what happens to Chuck <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember like just like coming back to my inbox and just being like a flood of Trisha how could you leave me there what happens next <laughs> that, was, that was fun for me <laughs> so this you, you wrote this before you know in the middle of season 15 kind of thing so um, I guess you didn't know like what was going to happen in the end um, I didn't know. No, I was gonna say, did it change? Has it changed? Like, would it would have seen the ending changed anything that you did about it? But I guess it didn't really. Um, you know, he just kind of disappeared at the end of it and went off to, you know, the canon verse. I guess yeah. <laughs> presumably other yeah. other places. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think it would have changed anything. I always. Um, expected to not have a great ending for the show <laughs> so i had made my peace with that for a while before <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> we were so hopeful. sadly sadly i feel um, you on that one <laughs> <so>. <laughs> who knew um i mean look i knew <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I never knew exactly what i knew but <laughs> I, knew. I, I was always one of those people that just could never bring myself to believe that i was going to get a good ending but. Yeah, I, <sighs> I wanted to hope. Anyway, Call let's not cynic. be salty. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> this isn't, one, this isn't one of our canon salt episodes. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you did give them it, but you you did end up giving them a happy end. This does have a happy ending at the end. With everybody's this fit this fit has quite a, a lot place. of happy endings in it. Ellen, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of happy endings. Yes, it does. <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> I tried to deliver. What can I say? <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I would consider this whole story to have a happy ending. I mean, 
if you want to like go like way deep into it then maybe not but if you just like leave it at where it ends then yes yeah i guess it's an open because, open kind of ending if if you right because <laughs> like i guess at like the end of supernatural he would have killed all those other alternate universes right oh no oh my god no <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like just don't go too far <laughs> and then it's fine no <laughs> I just ruined my own story. I I made it a not happy ending. <laughs> yes. Okay. No. No. It this never happened. Technically, MCV. <laughs> That's right for everybody. No. <laughs> it never happened. Jack put everyone back, and um, everyone's happy. <laughs> yes. Okay. I buy it. Such a shame that pandemic happened, and they only had like however many episodes of season fifteen. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, technically, he'd started killing out, killing off alternate Shh, realities before that, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not argue about him. Stop um, murdering Trisha's characters. That's her job. Okay. Your includes your uh, amazing and um, you know very brilliant um smart <laughs> it's got some beautiful sex okay. scenes in it i was gonna say they're long the long scenes but i don't think they're they're not as long as ones in like light me up which go for like thousands of words like you've got some, some <laughs> gorgeous scenes in this one but um yeah it's not chapters and chapters of smart you've got some plot like squeezed in there too i do yeah they yeah. only had a couple of days so it's more like stages of exploration in this one <laughs> like yes. yeah 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 it's it's nice i liked it. it's cute it's wonderful I was, I was kind of rooting I, for them in the pond, to be honest. But then I was like, no, nah, it's outside. It's cold. They have their pride. Like, let's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always like writing a, um, like, a, a younger Dean and an older cast because um, Dean was much smaller in the beginning seasons. So I, I always personally, I, li- I like the idea of Cass throwing him around a little. <laughs> yeah. But that... so I, I think I gave them what a... A six-year age gap in this one. Mm-hmm. That Something sounds like about that? right. Yes, I think that sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah, so from like yeah, I remember Cass. Yeah, Cass was twenty-five. Or... So yeah, yeah so, so they, that that's a bit of a gap there for how men tend to fill out. Yeah, just so that we could incorporate Misha's shoulders into that, uh-huh. <laughs> and Misha's biceps and Misha's thighs, <laughs> and the collarbone. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> just all of his other body parts um <laughs> yes uh i was gonna say you have you ended up making dean um less of a ladies man in this one like he's 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 got had women thrown at him during this arranged marriage process but he's never been interested in any of them um and until he realized you know suddenly that he must he's attracted to guys and he must be gay um which is a, and we got a, kane uh-huh. Yeah, uh, interesting <laughs> revelation. Like, um, yeah, all of a sudden he's like, oh, this is why. This is like a light bulb goes on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I thought it was uh, kind of an, in, uh, just a different twist on the, like, yeah, the yeah. princess who sees suitor after suitor after suitor, and it's because they're all rich or snobby or whatever. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Aladdin, like, for example. Yeah. Like Jasmine sees person after person after person, turns them all away. But I thought it'd be an interesting twist that it's it's not because like they're all jerks. It's just that Dean's not attracted to that gender, and it was yeah. not even something that occurred to him because he hadn't been uh, exposed to anybody 
personally that he knew that was gay. He hadn't seen that because in this world there's not a lot of uh, like print or print media or porn or videos or anything like that. So he was only subjected to what he was subjected to. Yep. It just makes sense all of a sudden. And then suddenly a world of opportunity opens up. (laughs) And then in comes Cass. (laughs) Yes. Well, all problems are solved. (laughs) (laughs) He'd turn anyone's head, I'm sure, dressed like that. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Was there a specific um, scene in this that you remember writing that was your favorite? Or like one like that you when you first started writing do you if you write in order is there something that you were kind of itching to get to um i do write in order but i don't plan my stories ahead of time mm-hmm. so i don't know what's going to happen when i start writing it true pantsing Ooh, pantser okay yeah <laughs> um i do remember like I remember having a lot of fun writing the chicken scene, which I'm sure doesn't surprise anybody because it was a pretty fun scene. Um, and I also remember the proposal. Spoiler. <laughs> um, I remember I get Brianna just being like, "Wow!" Like, I, she said it was poetry, and I was like, "Oh, she's being so nice to me." But I just, I just remember her like talking a lot about. The way that I wrote for this story to make it more, I don't know, fantasy-like, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I remember a sense of pride from that scene. Yeah. Oh, that's always nice to have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Extremely romantic. Yeah, it is. I said it's it's right up there with the Trisha fluff. I think. The, yeah, the romance it is. in this one. Excellent. All right. Well, is there anything you would like to tell readers about this story? Um, jeez, <laughs> you really just put me on the spot there. I know, but I sometimes um, I sometimes I, wonder that when I'm reading a story, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what the author would like to, would like me to know about this. Uh, I think it's it's fluffy, but it's not like I want to say like adorable fluffy. Like you're not going to be like. Like heart melting the whole time. It's more like fluffy romantic, which I don't think is quite the same thing. Um, so like you won't die from fluffiness when you read it. It'll be, hopefully leave you smiling and gooey on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it sneaks up on you sometimes. It builds. <laughs> yes. I've definitely had a smile on my face. Um, you know, by the end I was like, oh, they're so sweet. Love them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You hit your I mark. Am, I am a fast reader, but I, I did read this all in one sitting. <laughs> so Wow. That's I know something's compelling when I just sit and read the whole oh, thing in one sitting. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, uh, so the next fic we're going to look at is called Of Stone and Trees, and it's by Anyray and Queer Werewolf. Um it was published quite recently i think this was september 2021 i say quite recently and it's like six months ago how did that happen (laughs) (laughs) september Um, does feel like just the other day what is it does (laughs) yep so this fic is a little shorter than trisha's this one is forty-eight thousand words 48 and a half and the summary goes a little something like this 
The lands have been rife with demonic rifts, so in an effort to outnumber them, the King of the Druids and the Human King decide it's time to join their kingdoms to fight this foe. And what better way to unite than a wedding? Prince Castiel of the Esky Forest is to be joined with the eldest human prince, Dean Winchester. Not that either of them are particularly excited about that. Dot, dot, mm-hmm. dot. <laughs> so this is like a, a true high fantasy kind of um, AU here with druids and magic and <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yes. They built sort of two amazing worlds here, like the the druids realm the druids kingdom is like in a, in the forest and built in the trees and they visit each of the two kingdoms so you do get a good sense of that um world being a lot bigger than just one castle kind of thing like i, I guess a lot of fics that are in this genre tend to be just set in one city or whatever but this feels a bit more like an epic uh-huh. kind of spreading out across a, a whole world kind of thing mm-hmm and it felt very detailed, considering it was 48,000 words, and obviously a lot of that is focused on Dean and Cass and their relationship. Like, it felt really detailed, the whole world that was set up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without, like, like at no point are there massive paragraphs info-dumping stuff at you here. Um, that's generally not their style of writing here at all. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I still felt like I knew a lot about this world by the time I was done. Um... One of my favourite things early on about this, just such a tiny detail, that Castiel has a crow in this. Yes. (laughs) Um, Which I just love. Anything, you know, anything feathers, a little nod to his his angelness, even in AUs. Uh Um, I do love it. But he has this this very intelligent crow that can kind of go and, you know, scout out things and do things like that for him. Um, Yeah, and I also love if if they've got animal companions of any kind that the other one, like... Often it's baby being a horse and, um, like, Trisha, I'm pretty sure in your one that Cass kind of got on really well with baby from the start. Um, Yes, and most other people don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so in this one, it's the other way around. Like, I mean, they they both, like, baby and uh, Cass's mount, which is a deer. Now I've forgotten the name of it. Um, It's a very short name and... I don't remember. But anyway, that's not important. Um, um, Scardy, <laughs> I want to say you would pronounce it. I'm not sure. Scardy is um, the, the crow, the crow. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he, the deer, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, he, he gets along really easily and well with the animals that Cass has um, brought with him. And it's really sweet. I like how in these stories we always, as writers, seem to make um like familiars or pets or children always get along with the other one as if it's like some sort of clue that like they belong together <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah <laughs> as if we have any idea like it's not gonna happen when we start reading <laughs> normally he's so cranky with everyone else i don't know why he's like so happy to see you all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. what an odd coincidence yeah um one of the things that i remember noticing first on about this is if I remember correctly, Castiel, um, coming from his kind of whole druid background, he doesn't eat meat. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of one of the first uh, times that he meets Dean, unfortunately, is basically Dean stuffing his face. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to I'm trying to recall if that ever changes at any point, like if Dean kind of dials back a little bit <laughs> just to like I'm out, just to kind of be respectful if they just get used to each other. I can't remember. Um but I do remember that it, it's kind of a, 
a bit of a point of contention between them to start with. Well, everything, everything is a point of contention between them to start with, pretty much. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't last all that long, um, I have to say. It's not like a huge angsty fic where, you know, they're going to be enemies for a long time or anything like that. They do kind of come together and, and actually have like a very kind of genuine sweet and then very smutty relationship <laughs> by the end yeah they do resolve that fairly quickly they become friends quite fast yes. they become <laughs> friends and then they become lovers although there is some kind of um kind of a little bit of tension with that almost for a little while as um Cass with his magic and they have this whole concept of him being in like a pure state to access his magic yeah and whether it's safe for him to use his magic if he's impure, because they're fighting against... Um, are they demons? I remember them being some yeah, kind of like demons, dark, yeah. shadowy... Yes. Um, and about uh, how it is believed... I won't... We won't go into like too much into spoiler territory. I'll just do the general setup here. But it is believed that if you are impure, then it's much easier for the demons to get you. Uh, basically, when you're using magic, they can basically get in around the edges um but uh yeah he doesn't he doesn't stay pure that long <laughs> there's some <laughs> token there's some, yeah there's some token <laughs> resistance it must be said <laughs> he's also um i think it's also because he um because he's been abstaining for so long at the insistence of his dad or whoever was teaching him the magic that mm-hmm. um he's very touch starved and when he finally you know, starts being kind of a bit intimate with Dean. He's like, "Oh, this is all right. Like, I'm, yeah, I really like this." Bad. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of accelerates everything a little bit. So, um, yes. Oh, that's such a sad idea. A little touch starved cast. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So there is um, kind of a whole plot to this. Um, like uh, Ellen said earlier, you do get to go. Um, they begin with Cass going to Dean's realm world land um and then they end up going to Cass's. um yeah. and there's there are there's, there's, there's plot there's things that happen it's great <laughs> um but to me the like the best part about it was just their relationship in this and watching them i guess learn about each other because even though they're they are in this kind of same world they're very very different so that yeah. was lovely i enjoyed that i also very much enjoyed Gabriel in this story. Yes. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> yes. Despite coming from another um, you know, race and realm and everything. Not I don't I don't know if they're a different race, but they're they're, they're druids anyway. Uh he is very Gabriel in this one. Very, yes. Very <laughs> idiomatically Gabriel. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to like talk too much about especially about the stuff that happens when they get to Cass's realm, because that is full on spoiler territory. Um, but yeah, there's some good plot in this one, which kind of never, you know, the relationship never takes a back seat, which is what I enjoy. Like you're still focused on Dean and Cass, but there's yes. a lot happening. It's really good. I love it. And the smut's so hot. They're just so good at it. These two always are. Yeah, they are. And mm-hmm. it does say like, this is part of their, they did this smut week thing. Um, around mm-hmm. this time where they just where they posted a different story each day that was a different different lengths um, I guess and the header of for the whole thing says it's like what do they call themselves queer wolf is that right yeah um, any wolf any wolf presents any, smut week yeah like shark week but with penises 
<laughs> Penises everywhere. I love it. Um, and no. yes, they're very. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. They're very explicit. <laughs> yeah, they are, and and they're very beloved. <laughs> like we we love them. So. Yes. I haven't read any actually um, any for a while, and I forgot how much I enjoy their writing. So I'm gonna have to go and it's like they tend to post like huge things, like really big stories. And sometimes you look at, yep. at like a two hundred thousand word story, and you just go, oh, "Okay, I just <laughs> so, can't not today." I haven't caught up for a while. <laughs> yep. Yes, well, they've been they've been posting some good things. I haven't quite been able to keep up with them, but uh, I've been reading a few, and they've been posting some good ones. So. Yep. Definitely recommend going to see what that's all about. <sighs> so much fig, so little time. Uh, <laughs> I was amazed when it got to 100k and now it just keeps going up. <laughs> so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, that was Of Stone and Trees by Any Ray and Queer Werewolf. Um, okay, so the third fic we're going to talk about is called A Midsummer Night in Las Vegas. And it's by Welvin Wings, um, who we did have on the podcast uh, during last year um, to talk about their fic, True As It Can Be. So go back and have a look for our fairy tale episode um, where we talked about that one. Um, but this one is a modern um, kind of royal AU. It was published in, for DCBB 2020, so it's got some artwork in it by Delicious Irony. And 60,000 words long and explicit and the summary goes like this dean is a prince and even in the 21st century he's expected to make a good match unfortunately for castiel marrying your local librarian and best friend apparently doesn't count the announcement of dean's upcoming arranged marriage to someone he doesn't even know hits castiel hard but late in the night during his bachelor party in las vegas Dean learns, leans over to Castiel and asks him a question. Castiel knows he should say no, but the next morning, Dean and Castiel wake up with matching rings on their fingers. With an international incident <laughs> only one mistake away, Dean and Cass be begin trying to get an annulment in secret, but slowly realise that neither of them wants to spend the rest of their lives apart. So you get that there. Very that cool. sums yes. it up, like, really neatly, actually. Yeah. Great <laughs> summary. Good job, Will. It is a great summary. <laughs> So they ask, uh -huh. Dean is supposed to be getting married to somebody else, in, in this case, Lisa, um, who's like a duchess or something. Um, yes. This is an interesting sort of, it's modern kind of in the world, but the um, place that they are from, the kingdom that, that Dean is from, is a, a made-up place, basically. So um, somewhere in yeah. Europe, I get the feeling I think that I've, it's... It kind gave me European like a princess place. diaries vibe because of that. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, um, I was having princess diaries feeling every time they were talking about the kingdom. So. <laughs> yeah, it did feel a little bit like that. You're right. Um, so Cass is just his is his childhood friend who is a librarian and, and not like he's he's confused because Dean hasn't been speaking to him lately. But they used to be inseparable, and now they're kind of not. Um, and so there's a lot of kind of heartbreaking angst in the middle of this when they do find out that they're married, but, um, you know, they go, they're, they're going through the process of trying to annul it when it's quite obvious that neither of them actually wants to. <laughs> I mean, even after Cass works, even after Cass realizes, I think this is all from Cass's point of view, right? 
Yes. Am I remembering that right? So even after yep. Cass realizes that Dean actually has feelings for him, he's still trying to kind of break it off because of the image of Dean's image or whatever, the the good of the nation or whatever, you know. So it is it's quite angsty in the middle there. Yeah, cuz Dean has yeah, Dean has both this whole concept that you know, he has to do what's right for his country, but also he thinks that he would be letting his mom down if he because she's already arranged this whole like marriage thing, which obviously terrible reason to marry somebody, but we all know yes. Dean's an idiot in every universe. <laughs> um so <laughs> Yeah, he's, so he's really got this built up in his head that he will be letting his mum down um, if he doesn't follow through with this. And that there are a few moments in this where, like, Cass, I think it, it, he kind of even thinks it's just off there. There are some brief moments in this where Cass really hates Mary. Um, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and it, it's understandable from, from where Cass is standing, like, why he feels like that. Because um, obviously he's... A commoner you know and she kind of kind of makes it clear that he needs to not get in the way several times um and so you can understand from from Cass's point of view why why that is and why he would feel that way but a lot of it I think for Dean comes down to not wanting to disappoint his mom which I don't know it's it's just such a like kind of endearingly childish way but like he's just desperately yeah. wants to not let it. like it's very Dean it's very Dean but it's also very stupid it is, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> so. just needed Cass to go stop being so stupid like he does in the show yeah really um. <laughs> we, need, we needed a canon cast moment I love how so many of us tend to write Dean as like a smart person overall but so so dumb when it comes to relationship stuff yeah, yeah. He is a smart boy, but damn, he's stupid. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I also loved in this one that he's got, um, uh, Cass is an orphan uh, who lived in in like a a home. I think they actually call it an orphanage or a, I can't remember. But they, they, he and and Dean have been going to visit this place, um, you know, every week or whatever, and it's run by Jody and Donna as a couple, and they and Claire and a bunch of the other kids involved are, are all there. And um, that some wayward, yeah. yeah, that help that part of it was really endearing. I loved that. It is. It's really endearing. It's so lovely, and especially lovely how Claire kind of just just a grumpy teenage Claire, angry at everything, but yet her solidarity with Cass even in her angry grumpy way <laughs> like yeah like when when it turns out that Dean's going through with the wedding and obviously they all of the, the the girls kind of know that there's something with Cass and Dean even if they don't know the details um and and Claire just like oh. basically says that like she wants to burn the cathedral down <laughs> yes <laughs> she's like let's blow up the cathedral and Cass's like no <laughs> Yeah, and they just you, basically have this no. entire conversation, <laughs> this entire conversation about whether or not she would get caught <laughs> if she did. And he, he like <laughs> considers it for a brief moment. <laughs> I wonder if we could do that. No, no yeah, it's just very endearing. I love a good like Cass and well, Cass and Dean, any of them really wayward sisters moment. And uh, it's uh-huh. it's done so well in this. It's very endearing. Yeah, um, I also love Charlie in this. 
<laughs> Bless her. Yes. <laughs> so Charlie is Dean's best friend slash PR slash personal assistant slash person who keeps his head screwed on right. Um, <laughs> basically, she ended up with all of those jobs because she's the only person Dean will listen to. <laughs> yeah. Um, which somehow just feels incredibly realistic. Like, if, if Dean was any kind of royal person and somehow still had the exact same personality he did now... Um, I just, it, that would just be a nightmare for anybody who was trying to like herd him places and get him to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so poor Charlie has to do everything because she's the only person that can get him to do anything. Um, so you get a lot of what at the beginning you, you, you know, trying to stay away from the spoilers again, but at the beginning you believe it's just very exhausted, exasperated Charlie. <laughs> throughout most of this, um, which is definitely true. She's definitely exhausted and exasperated because she's handling Dean, who's being even more of a pain in the butt than usual, um, because he also <laughs> fails to tell her that he married Cass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not only are they trying to hide it from the public, they are hiding it from everybody around them. <laughs> or even when, I think, doesn't she say, like, there's a rumour that you guys got married? And he's like, no. <laughs> yes. didn't do that. No. Like, oh. <laughs> Like, they are the worst in this. Yeah. yeah they um, just endearingly the worst, but the worst. But yeah, she's, just... she's definitely one of my favourites. And, and she also has to entertain Lisa throughout almost the entire fic because Dean barely speaks to her. Like, a couple of words, a sentence or two here or there. The entire rest of the time that she is in the same room as him, or Charlie has to entertain this poor woman. <laughs> Yes. And, and it turns that, out that yeah, yeah sorry, I was going to say without going into spoilers um, like too many plot spoilers um, they they do end up together it is tagged in the relationships so we can reveal yes we can mention that, um, that part that, uh, yeah, yeah Lisa and Charlie do you know form a relationship out of that well that's not something you see very often no, yeah. no. It, it kind of works in this though <laughs> I was like yeah that, that, that works out especially when it turns out that uh, Dean has been um, engaged to Lisa for like I, th- I think it's something like six months or a few months um, at the beginning when the fix starts um, and he hasn't spoken to Cass in that time he's been avoiding yeah. him and so Cass kind of assumes I would guess that he you know he's been avoiding him because he's wrapped up in his romance with this duchess or whatever and then Cass is kind of confused when he finds out that he hasn't even met Lisa yet <laughs> yeah um and he's just been avoiding her too. And apparently he's just been sending Charlie instead every time. <laughs> like every time he's supposed to meet this poor woman, he just sends Charlie. <laughs> Which I'm laughing, but like Dean, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, so not cool, really. Like <laughs> I definitely did feel bad for, for Lisa a little bit. Um, yeah, I was going to say a lot of well people, for her, she's but. a bit of a divisive kind of character sometimes in the, in the um, canon verse, but um, I did feel for her in this one. <laughs> She does get yeah. the, kind of, a, you know, stuffed around a little bit. with. Um, she yeah. did. And, and she bears it with, like, good grace the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, she um, And obviously it turns out well for her in the end. But, yeah, she definitely doesn't get treated the best. He's never mean to her or anything, but he, yeah. um, neglectful, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else to say about this one? Hmm. I think the 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 uh, slow burn and um, just sort of relationship angst in this one is what kept me 
read like I read this one all in one sitting because I I had to know what was going to happen because I was felt so sad <laughs> for Cass going through yeah. all of the stuff that he was going through that you know when you like I don't know about you but it, it was like a it's a physical sensation like when when I'm uh reading about that angsty kind of uh, feeling, I get like these tingling in my hands, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Oh yeah, my my, my ribs ache. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very physical. I must know. Yes, yeah. I really enjoyed the fact that the way this is written, there are so many conversations where Dean and Cass are just they're having the same conversation but they're having an entirely different conversation and they're just like talking yeah. across purposes and dean thinks that cass knows and <laughs> it's yes. like no no he doesn't he thinks you mean something else entirely and you just, you just like want to scream at the page because they're both being so stupid yeah and cass ah. is like no i know this is what i want but this but something completely different comes out of his mouth instead like no this is the best for you let's let's just do what's best for you don't worry about me <laughs> <laughs> oh. endlessly selfless Cass yeah. um, which I guess carries a little more weight in this AU than in some AUs because obviously he's not just thinking about you know going to do what's best for Dean but doing what's best for Dean is in some ways doing what's best for like an entire country and the economy of that country and what happens if he breaks off his engagement to Lisa and then her country um, you know doesn't get along with his so well anymore and there's this fallout from that and that kind of stuff so there's actually kind of some weight to Cass's selflessness more than just him wanting what's best for Dean um, which kind of adds this whole other layer of issues (laughs) to this but yeah there's so there's so much of Dean thinking that Cass knows and there was a part like halfway through the fic where I'm just like staring at the page and I'm like Cass he asked you to marry him like he did that came out of his mouth so at some point did you not think to ask why <laughs> like, <laughs> and, it, and, I mean, and you know that like drunk, yeah they were still. very drunk but like it's like Cass is like deliberately not asking himself that <laughs> like he's deliberately avoiding it and you're just like nope nope sit down and make them talk damn it yeah yeah <sighs> kind of need to scream at them Yes. Anyway, Anyway, I love this one. (laughs) Yeah, this one was really, really good. Very compelling. So if you want um, a modern um, version of this whole trope, this is a really good one. Very compelling. Did not, it was one of those fics that when you uh, read it, it did not feel like 60,000 words to me. I would have guessed it was like 30-something. So... I think that's a sign of a good fic, generally. Yep. Yeah, so that one was called A Midsummer Night in Las Vegas by Welvin Wings. And all of the, these links are going to be in the episode post. So if you want if you don't want to deal with AO3 search, we can sometimes be a little bit crazy, a little bit difficult. Um, yes. Go and find the links. Do it. Um, so <laughs> shall, we go, shall we recommend some um, extra ones now? Mal, I know yes. you're dying to talk about dragons. <laughs> I'm always dying to talk about dragons or creatures <laughs> so that I can then start talking about Cass's otherness and all kinds of stuff. But oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> there, are, there are so many rants about me talking about that on this podcast. I apologize. <laughs> please please see episode three, six, nine, four, twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 
Um, of those royalty AUs that we just spoke about, those were all arranged marriage AUs, which like we said at the beginning, were it's it's a very very common trope like if you start looking in the royalty tag you're going to be swimming through arranged marriage fix so i actually went out of my way to dig around and find some that weren't and found just a delightful amount of dragon cast fix under this tag which any of you who've listened to our creature fic episodes before (laughs) um, know that i adore anything where cast is not necessarily at least maybe not part of the time or maybe all of the time depending on the story um in a humanoid shape because there's a lot of canon kind of reasons why why we would like to write that right you know yeah yeah Yeah. um and it's a really interesting way of exploring how how other cast is compared to a lot of humans so the fic that I'm going to rant about to start with is called See the Sunrise by Carla Edlund and Zerda. Um, it's 36,800 words. Um, I'll give you a quick go through of the summary. Um, so he didn't know what he expected. Maybe piles and piles of gold and treasure closely guarded by a massive scaly beast, red or blue or black and breathing fire. Maybe wings, maybe not. Maybe it would have red eyes and maybe it would attack as soon as it's sorting. He was expecting... Well, he was expecting a dragon, not this. This being a young man with dark hair, two blue eyes, and a tilt to his head. He didn't look like a dragon, he just looked confused. (laughs) So, the story in this one is uh, Prince Dean um, is going off to slay the dragon that has been eating the um, cattle from the fields at the edge of his, his province. Um, it turns out that it's not a, well, technically, yes, it is a dragon, but only after sunset. Um, during the day, he is a human dude who chills in a cave because he can't really go anywhere because he turns into a dragon as soon as the sun goes down. <laughs> um, it, it's all tagged, so it's not a spoiler for me to say that Cass is also a prince. He was a prince of a neighboring kingdom. Kingdom, which is pretty much next door to Dean's kingdom is now a a dark horrible kingdom they call it the kingdom of the croats where um people people are enslaved it's it's a nasty place dark um ruled over by a king who is a bit of a tyrant and it previously used to be a beautiful light happy place where the people were happy and the reason for that being that uh lucifer cursed Cass, his brother so that he could take over the throne instead so he then took Cass to this cave and chained him there so he was actually chained in the cave for the first five years we also find out that Cass has been in this cave for i think about 15 years (laughs) um and so during that time his um kingdom has has fallen into what's now known as the kingdom of the croats so once Dean finds all this out, obviously Dean's like, well, now we, we have to break your curse. We have to rescue your kingdom. We have to do all these things, um, which causes a few problems because Dean doesn't always think things through. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, got, we've got some really great tropes happening in this one. We have uh, Dean being afraid of flying, but of course, circumstances force it to have to happen anyway. Um, so you just have him clinging on and screaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just seems necessary. Cass is a, an ice uh, dragon in this one, so he's not your typical kind of fire-breathing dragon. 
Um, he can freeze things instead. Um, Yep, they go on a quest to find the three things that are needed to break Cass's curse. Um, They avoided the the, the cliche, you know, oh, true love's kiss will break it, blah, blah, blah. Um, Instead, it's (laughs) like a stone from the deepest uh, lake, like the bottom of the deepest lake in somewhere, somewhere. Um, And then something that belongs to Lucifer, to the person who traded the curse so they have to go behind enemy lines to get it which does not go well at all unfortunately mm-hmm. um okay there is minor character death in the tags so yes so when they go behind enemy lines it does not go well um and does involve um end up with castiel losing one of the remaining members of his family um which obviously goes terribly well uh, terribly not well especially considering dean and Cass are found stood over her body um, oh. which doesn't look good for them doesn't look good <laughs> even though it was very very clearly Lucifer that did that um, and then the final ingredient is the blood of one of his loved ones which you know they have that cliche moment which we all love where it's like oh no but now his loved one is dead so what do we do because there's clearly <laughs> no one else he loves right <laughs> like... of course <laughs> um, no it's, it's wonderful it's full of some really really nice tropes but done really really well um, I just loved it, the whole thing. It's it's not super long, but again, I binged it all in one go, and it was just so fun. I loved Dragon Cass, even though his, when his curse was broken, I was like, oh, but can he still be a dragon sometimes? <laughs> uh. <laughs> just just now and again, um, when when he is a dragon, because he has this this profound bond with Dean, um, they can talk telepathically, um, which uh, is yeah. is yeah. fun. So they have they have the whole the whole PB going on. Um, I'm what to else? I mean, what one. doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> what doesn't this fic have when it comes to these kind of tropes? Honestly, um, oh, we do have a Sam and a Charlie who are doing great, doing great in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dean, I believe, is um, supposed to be that the entire kind of timeline of this story is that when it's uh, Dean's twenty-first birthday, he's supposed to, you know, do this this. Um, big event to basically become mature enough to one day be king and that kind of stuff um, and he's supposed to marry I believe it's Jess uh, Jessica from another kingdom which obviously everyone's happy that doesn't work out nobody more happy than Sam um, so <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah so many good tropes in this I would just love everybody to go read it yay awesome. did I babble enough about the dragon fic yet <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> Okay. Uh, Trisha, did you have one you'd like to recommend? Um, I really loved uh, All Things in Succession by Ever and Anon. Yep. Um, yeah, I probably... It's a very long one. Um, another arranged marriage kind of idea. And I bet you I've read it five times and it is a long one that has not been out very long, but <laughs> I I adore it. I haven't read that one. Yeah. That's one of those ones that's been that on to... my like to read list for so long and I look at it and then I'm like, "Oh, but I just don't have time right now." <laughs> so I, I skip over I, it every time. I find that this author is really great at writing Dean being stupid, but 
seeing from for, for us seeing from Dean's point of view why it isn't stupid like it makes perfect sense the way she explains it even though like you as the reader you're like oh no Dean but the the author does such a great job of making it seem perfectly logical for Dean <laughs> yeah. and I love that mm-hmm. it's so funny to read that one's at ABO right uh yes i yeah it is yeah awesome okay uh is it's only rated is this yeah this one's only rated m though there's not really uh too much of that okay oh that's interesting for an abo you don't see many abos that aren't explicit okay mm-hmm. it, it's it's really good i i do highly recommend that one cool um well <laughs> speaking of long fix um we I have to mention um, Cinder Wings, which obviously is a royalty AU. Oh, yes. In that we've already spoken about it before um, in our fairy tale episode. So if you want to hear more about Bending Signposts, um, Cinder Wings, then go have a listen to that one. Um, but the other longer fic that I was going to mention, even though I have not read a lot of this, I think I've read the first few chapters, but it's still a work in progress. So this is Prince of My Heart, which is not separate to King of My Heart, but Prince of My Heart <laughs> by All My Stars. Um, they started writing this a couple of years ago, and it's it's still going at. Um, let me just go back to the fic itself. Uh, Sixty five chapters, and they've got eighty chapters as the as the <laughs> the full count. So. Not quite wow. posted yet. It's already up to 300,000 words. Um, wow. And this is also, I believe, it's not arranged marriage. It's like where um, Cass is the prince and he's um, looking for a, a suitor, basically. And um, Dean sort of comes along to try his luck. I think he's he's not a prince. He's like a um, some kind of commoner. But um, it's got, you know, a bit, quite a big following for a whip and... Um, and looks amazing, and I've kind of had it on my radar for ages, thinking, "Oh, that looks so good." But I've, I, I was holding off until it's finished, and now it's just getting so long, and I'm like, "Oh, maybe I should start now." <laughs> we finish by the time it's finished posting, but um, but yeah, might be worth a look if you like if you're into um, long slow burn. I, it does have slow burn tagged, so but I, but I think at this point um, in the fic, they are actually together, I believe, <laughs> by the three quarters of the way through that would be a slow burn yeah yeah um so yeah that's the prince of my heart excellent cool well as we've had two longer ones i'll recommend a nice short and sweet one then so i'm going to give a shout out to letters to a prince by sultan halo oh yeah um, which is it's under ten thousand words um this one is very sweet because it's also a two-person love triangle where Prince Dean and Prince Cass have been writing to each other um, for years um, and then there's an arranged marriage and off they go to meet the person that they've been arranged to be married to. Obviously we know as readers, we know what's happening here. Um, <laughs> they they don't immediately talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not as as straightforward as as you would think in this one like they don't just write a letter and say i'm getting married to this person um because you know that just wouldn't be the kind of communication we expect from these guys <laughs> um but it, it's very cute like it's 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 not angsty or or anything like that it's it's lovely this is a, a teen like very cute story 
I love a two-person love triangle, no matter how small. Um, so give me one that's under 10,000. Yeah, if, if this is one that I can like read in a lunch break that's like 10,000 words and it's as cute as this one, I'm sold. <laughs> so yeah. Yes, I, I have read this one too and I also remembered liking it. And uh, yeah, I, I remember this one. Yes. So definitely recommend that one for a shorty. Mm-hmm. So I've got a couple more recommendations and they are... Yeah, well, those are slightly, slightly bigger, but not not quite at the length of the ones you were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. I have um, a recommendation for a story called um, Who is the Lamb and Who is the Knife? Now, this is actually by an orphan um, account on AO3 now. It was by Fairy Changeling. Um, so it has been orphaned. Um, it was published in 2016. Um, and it's 17,000 words, actually just under 18,000 words. So this is an arranged marriage story. Um, it's a little more angsty than the previous ones that we were talking about. Um, in this one, we have two worlds that are at war. So we have angels versus demons. Um, they yeah. are basically, the, the, the arranged marriage is to, to encourage peace between the two lands. Um, and Cass is sent off to marry the demon king. Um, off he goes. They don't necessarily hit it off well. Dean is very nice, but he's not what Cass expects, and vice versa. <laughs> um, they're basically just just at cross purposes for for a while. I think the thing that's wonderful about this story when I was reading it was I was really fascinated with the two worlds that they'd set up because they somehow managed to make it feel like there was just so much misinterpretation between these two different factions that each of them thought that they were kind of forced into this because they were probably going to lose otherwise. Each of them thought that, you know, the enemy is the barbaric one because they're doing all these things. And so that's what Dean and Cass think about each other. Um, yeah. And it's actually not not true at all. And they, they really have to make a conscious effort to kind of stop doing that and put themselves in each other's shoes a little bit. Um, and so much of it is written like when you when you read it and they finally kind of talk start talking about it a bit so much of it is just kind of misinterpretation of values i guess like neither of them were necessarily kind of worse or better than the other they were both terrible <laughs> but um for example the angels are viewed as horrific and having no mercy because they just kill everybody and that's because mm. the angels consider it to be an honor to die in battle and if they survive then that's shameful whereas right. um the other the um demons um view it as no we would rather not kill people we would rather torture somebody for information and leave them alive because we know they have a family to go back to we know that you know if we kill them we're taking away a family's income or something like that so they just have two very different ways of looking at the world neither of them are right but neither of them are wholly wrong and it's just so fascinating the fact that they have these two realms like that and Dean and Cass think those things about each other and it's this whole thing is just them untangling all of that really mm. the, yeah it's very fascinating they like each other from the beginning but each think the other doesn't like them they've got that whole whole mm -hmm. thing going on um, but yeah I was really interested in the world building um, for this one it was great so and that one is did I say it was 17,000 words just in case it's 17,000 words and it's called who is the lamb and who is the knife 
I, I I was surprised when I went through the list um, of think like we we got a, a load of recommendations from our channel in PB. So thank you, thank you everyone in the Discord for all the recs. Um, I was surprised at how few of these I'd actually read. Um, I feel like I'm slacking on the on the royalty AU front here. <laughs> so I've I've got a whole new um, new list of things to read. But one of them I have read um, is called. Once Upon a Time in a Disney Store by Knox Soulmate. So this is not actually a royalty AU, but um, but it is where um, Cass works in a Disney store and he, he's like, he cosplays as a prince. So he's sort of a prince, but not really. Um, I think he's Prince Charming or it has been a while since I actually um, read it, so I can't remember the, all of the details. But basically he gets sick and he loses his voice and he still has to go to work. And then um, the kids at the store are really um, worried about him because he can't speak. And the little girl, I think Mary Winchester, who is um, Dean's niece, um, you know, like Sam's daughter, um, decides that he, she has to help him break this curse that, that his, is losing his voice. So she... Um, you know, tries to get Dean to, um, you know, break the curse. How how else does one break curses in Disney as well? Disney, you know. Um, and so it's actually a little. It's not as simple as as that sounds. It, it's twenty three thousand words, and I do think it involves them actually getting to know each other and um, having a real relationship. But it's very cute and um, and funny, I think, as well. So worth worth a read. Adorable. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Last one for you. Yeah, I've got one more then. Um, so this fic is The Hunter and the Wildcat by Ghouls and Halos. It's just over 40,000 words, so it's a good mid-length fic you can sink your teeth into. The concept of this story is that Prince Dean and Prince Castiel are from neighbouring realms. Um... This is a, a kind of a world where there's only one realm out of all of them where homosexuality is allowed. Um, it's not in the other realms, so oh. it's it's very much kind of obviously happens, you know, but kept 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 quiet under wraps. Um, the story begins because um, Lady Eileen um, has been captured by King Azadel of a different a different realm, um, and Dean's going to stop at nothing to get Sam's. Sam's girl back, basically. Um, so he goes to King Michael for help, um, and Michael refuses um, until um, Castiel offers an alternative solution, and it ends up with Dean and Cass basically going behind enemy lines trying to get Eileen back for Sam. So you've got this whole kind of fantasy plot going on, um, and them basically falling for each other, but a lot of the time being too scared to say anything because they know that in both of their realms it's not allowed mm. so it, there's some really nice like tension building in this one um, yeah. which obviously erupts <laughs> at various moments um, yeah. but it does have a very happy ending um, which I will I will say um, even given kind of those tags and those things there is a very happy ending for them where they get to be together and live openly and it's like the best ending that you could think of for everybody involved it's wonderful so awesome yeah i i love a happy ending i will go through almost anything to get to one <laughs> yes uh -huh. um but this is just really good i really enjoyed 
like the actual kind of world building and like I said it's got that really like fantasy adventure feeling to it um so it's like those like fantasy adventure movies from the 80s like talking like princess bride kind of style stuff here like cool. I, awesome. I, I really enjoyed it um it also has lovely art because this was a uh, pine fest from 2021 so it has some beautiful art by lady random random box um there are several pieces throughout this and they're so good <laughs> so even if you end up reading like always so yeah good. even if you download this to read like make sure that you go to ao3 to appreciate the art um because it's uh-huh. oh, so good i love it awesome sounds great yes would recommend to anybody so i guess that's um everything so thank you thank you so much trisha for coming to talk to us today it's a pleasure oh, thank you so much for having me it was a lot of fun yeah and um, what have we you you've got a, a new fic coming up soon is that is that right can you tell us anything yeah, about that i do you've been writing again exciting i am i think i i lasted what three four months maybe <laughs> i mean i'm still impressed um, but... that you lasted that long honestly <laughs> So it was a long that was the longest I think I've gone without writing since I started writing. So it, it was weird for me, too. Um, but yes, I do have a new story coming out. Uh, I think I have finished four chapters so far. And um, I, I don't really know. I actually, um, I was going to say, I don't know how to describe it, but I did just write a summary for it and it's pretty short so go ahead when i'll just tell you what it is it says uh when dean's college roommate Cass ghosted him right after graduation dean assumed he'd never hear from Cass again 11 years later dean finds an old email Cass sent right before Cass got married almost a decade ago and suddenly Cass leaving without a word looks a lot different dean's fully aware he may be projecting here but Cass's email sure sounded more than friendly. It was sent a long time ago, though, and a lot has happened in the last 11 years. Could Dean actually have a chance? There's only one way to find out. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so it's pretty fun. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Uh, I've mostly been writing texts and emails back and forth between the two of them, which I haven't done a lot of in old fix. So, it has been a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, being able to share some new stuff hopefully soon awesome exciting well you know that we will all be there for it thank you cool uh well links to as i said earlier links to all the fix that we've talked about today um can be found at mixtapebookclub.com and you can get in touch with us through the website or through any of our social media all of it is at mixtapebookclub um awesome so for our next episode we are going to be discussing enemies to lovers fix which are one of my favorite tropes i am looking forward to binging a bunch of enemies to lovers stories Um, so please if you have any recs go ahead and throw them at us on social media yes we welcome all recommendations always so make sure to get in touch with us um so thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again next time And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. Mm